Alright! He messed up the sink. He did. <laughs> he did. That was just fine. It'll be okay. That's fine. Whatever. His and yours are synced up. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, Woo! what's up everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach. And we are the A to Z Exchange, the collaborative conversational podcast that <laughs> fucked it up. And I'm not supposed to cuss. But anyway, we are the family friendly collaborative, collaborative podcast. conversational podcast where we discuss creative, cultural, and political topics. Boom. And on this week, we have a friend, Alex. Take it away. All right. Uh, I'm Alex. Uh, I am a graduate of the University of Edinburgh. I went there for my undergraduate and postgraduate degrees. I used to work in publishing in New York. And I used to work as an educator here in Nashville. Um, I don't know if anything else is needed, but. That's your credentials. I okay. Yeah. Well. yeah. You okay. say you're educated in England. That's a pretty good one. That's Scotland. Great. Scotland. Different yeah. deal. Different. But isn't that still part of like the UK? Uh, it's a part of the UK. They're yeah. trying actively every day not to be part of the UK. <coughs> yeah. Especially isn't that Brexit. Like yeah. Scots are pretty upset with that one. Right. Yeah. I know a little bit about that. Not extensively, but yes. Yeah. No. It's interesting. I think it would probably be a poor decision to leave the UK. Yeah, I mean, well, I've I spoken just, to a lot of people from the UK about it, and it's interesting the opinions on it. Honestly, well, cucumbers. I always hear cu- cucumbers. Is always they always talk about cucumbers. Why? What does cucumbers <laughs> have to do with uh, according, it? According, from what I've heard, I've never seen this in the Economist or in British publications or actual journalism. But the people that come in, these like my wait tables, they'll come in, and I'll just ask them about it. And uh, apparently, with the cucumbers, uh, the EU, you know, Commission, the requirements to have cucumbers be imported apparently are really stringent. Yeah. So if a cucumber like bends too much, well, can it, they not grow them there or something? I don't know. Well, I think English cucumbers are regarded as very fine cucumbers. Oh. Yes. Are you okay. going on the record as saying that? I, I'm going on the record that I think that. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, we can do that. Um, yeah. So that's an export, I guess. And if they leave the EU. It, it's something with importing cucumbers. If the cucumbers don't meet the requirements, they have to throw them in the bulk bin or something. It's a weird. And then they just throw them away. I'm sure. Yeah, they don't donate it. I mean, they, they should compost them or at least compost them. Compost like. cucumbers. They're a lot of hungry people. I'm I mean, yeah, you. but if they or make pickles. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm not gonna eat. But you don't like pickles. I mean, I'm fine with pickles, but I don't like. He doesn't like. I pickles. don't like pickles. Do you like pickled foods? Or yeah, I do. Pickles? I do like pickled foods. Okay. I don't like pickles. Okay. It's it's just like a weird. I think it's probably from childhood. I just yeah. can't. I just can't do it. I don't like the taste. And if a pickle gets on something, it's game over. It's it, just it, it, get it out of my face. Is it all pickles, or is it? It's pickled cucumbers. Well, I mean, like, no. Is but it all, all cucumber? I mean, all pickles are cucumbers, right? Yeah, but is it? I mean, is it like you know, there's sweet pickles, which I would say are closer to your average pickled, like pickled carrots or something like that, or is I, it all like can you get a dill pickle or a kosher pickle that's I, more uh, acidic and salty? I think at this point I'm ideologically opposed to all pickles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, ranch. And ranch. You don't like ranch, Mm-mm. dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I thought I was alone. Get that, get that out of my face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you see people, work. you see people like drown their pizza in it. She's like, how do I, I did ruin, that in high school. how do I ruin this? Don't do it ever again, Amanda. It's literally like, how do I ruin this? I've um, seen people use a spoon to eat a bowl of ranch. That's Ew. the most, that's yeah. vile. Mm-hmm. That's like throw up in your mouth. My sister used to eat sticks of butter. <laughs> oh, I can't that over a bowl of ranch by itself. Bought it like a candy bar. Yeah, she would just take it all over the refrigerator and eat it. <laughs> Did she ever like use her teeth oh, to make oh. little engravings and shavings with it and like carve out like a little slingshot or something? No, I think she'd just eat it. <laughs> that's right. that's 
That's not good. That's not no, good it's for not you. Good at all. That's not good it's for you. It's very gross. Yeah. Do still do it? And I don't think so. That's good. Growing pains. Yeah, but I don't really see her that much, so I don't know. So you don't know. Maybe. What are we going to talk about today? Mm-hmm. Apparently, butter <laughs> and ranch. Butter and ranch. Pickles. <laughs> food in general. I'm interested in food as a topic, actually, but we don't have to go there. I mean, you know, I think we want to uh, talk more in line with your actual qualifications. And yeah, more educated on that. I like to think I'm an amateur food historian, but <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can talk about something else, sure. <laughs> this is going to be a very cool well, Okay, well, um, why is my phone keep buzzing? Somebody's hitting you up, Amanda. Uh, probably nobody I want to talk to. But You um, don't know that. Um, Butter Nation. Yeah. Probably the butter communion or whatever, the butter union trying to get hold of me. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Alex is also a writer, so. Yeah, no, I write, um, I write, produ- I guess I should have mentioned that too, camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I write, <laughs> I, I write pre- predominantly uh, short fiction. Um, I, every once in a while, I've got a longer piece of fiction that I work on that never really goes anywhere. I am working yeah, on... Yeah, as is all writers. <laughs> uh, yeah, which means that you just kind of sit around and go, well, I don't know what mm-hmm. to do. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm writing for uh, 48 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that last week. You did? Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that because I've never, outside of a couple of journalism things, I've never really written under the gun. Um, and it's nice to be able to like leisurely do stuff, but the problem with leisurely doing things is that they never really get done. <laughs> it's gonna be intense. It's a lot of pressure. I like yeah. that though. I like <laughs> I like being under the gun. That's how I function best. It's like, you know, when you get that adrenaline rush and suddenly everything you just can do it because you have to because there's no option. Yeah. Whereas I'm if like that as well. yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're sitting around like, That's it's not why like I'm it's a not like I'm. <laughs> It's not like I have a book deal or anything <laughs> like that, so I can work on this thing conceivably for, you know, forty. Years. I can never get it done. Yeah. And that's that's what's tough about writing fiction, at least initially. I think you know later on you get book deals. Like a guy like James Patterson or whoever has a book deal for, you know, X amount of books a year. And Patterson doesn't even really write his books anymore. But um, it's true. You can you can look it up. Uh, I don't read Patterson, so Google well, it. Well, I shouldn't say I don't read Patterson. Well, it's not that he's a ghostwriter, and a lot of times he gives credit to the people. Um, you know, it'll be like James Patterson and blank. Um, oh yeah, I've wh- seen that. Whoever yeah. it is, uh, and it's it's you know it's actually nice for those writers to get that kind of. Well, first off, writers make no money anyway, mm-hmm. so just getting published just with that name—that's some street cred. Uh, but Patterson will outline stories, and then they'll get down to the brass tacks of writing. Um, oh okay. Yeah. Kind of like the Will of Time series. The what? The Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, I don't yeah. remember who started it, but he had, he had people come in. The last three books that he was on. I think he died. He did. Yeah. But someone came what? in there to finish it with him, and then they then they took it on their own. And yeah. I think I, it's still going. I think that that was... Um, I can't. I, the, the author who did that was a big. He's a big deal fantasy writer. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like Isn't that what yeah. happened with what's his face that wrote uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo too? Like yeah. He he died. Uh, uh, he wrote. He got three books done. Yeah, and, and then the last one was. I don't remember what the fourth one was called, but it and, was a posthumous. Yeah. And his. Um, Stieg Larson, right? Steve. Stieg Larson. Yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, that his estate was a mess when he died too. Uh, there was a huge battle between his family 
asking him, beside his wife or his partner, as to who got the royalties for that. Because, you know, that was an international crazy town, like, huge bestseller. Yeah. Was um, it all published posthumously? The entire series? Posthumously, no. Um, it was, uh, it was the first two, I believe, were published while he was still alive. And then the third one, if I remember correctly, uh, he died and his wife, like, helped with the editing or something like that. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just remember that estate being an absolute nightmare and there being legal battle after legal battle. I mean, I can imagine. It was, it was massive, and <clears throat> I know when those came out. I only read the first one, but it was great. It's fantastic. Like, it flowed um, really I, well, I thought. I didn't, I didn't read it, which is really weird, because I was working in mystery fiction and, like, detective fiction, and that's one of, that was huge. Yeah. And I just didn't do it. <laughs> I just didn't. I'll do that, though, with books, particularly bestsellers. Like, just avoid them? It's not that I avoid them. It's, it's, I don't know. It's me being just a pretentious ass, I guess. But um, it's like, I don't find it interesting to support authors like that. Like, I read Gone Girl. That was... Yeah, and that was I read that on release day, and it blew my mind. Yeah. Okay. I was so ready. We've had this discussion before, because I like the films. I watch more of the films than read the books, and I know that I should read the books. You should read the books. And I... read four specifically for the beta waves in your brain. Well, yes, but... Anyways, besides the point, um, the movie is awesome. Yeah, good. it's a good movie. It's a really good it's adaptation. Gillian, right? <coughs> Gillian Is that how you, is it Flynn. Gillian or Gillian? I don't know. Gillian. I think I, I think I met her at one point. I don't. I have no her, idea. Well, I guess her first novel, Sharp Objects, is being is just uh, came out as an did, adaptation. Yeah, yeah. I need to check is that it, out. Amy, Amy Adams. Is Amy in it. Adams is in it. Yeah. Everybody likes Amy Adams. Oh, uh, Amy Adams is awesome. I think yeah. Amy Adams had a bigger role as far as developing it too. Yeah, Maybe she's a producer on it. Good for Yeah. Good for her. Uh, yeah, and good and good for Gillian Gillian Flynn um, because she is a solid novelist and she was really she was really well respected um, in the mystery community and you know sold books. It wasn't like she was, you know, struggling, but mm -hmm. she deserved all that success. Uh, she's a good novelist. Was good. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic. I mean, book. I have a question too. Speaking of movies and books, when you were saying that people who write books, writers don't make any money writing books, but. It's not necessarily. It's just the vast majority. Yeah, but do they get money if they do like a book deal with a movie company? Like, how does that work? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like, so what you do, you have an agent, and the agent is the one who goes to the editors of publishing houses, and in theory knows the, um, you know, knows these editors, knows the imprints, knows the business, uh, finds ones that they think will be good, and hands your manuscript over. Um, and then if you're lucky, they give you an advance, as in the publishing house, so like 7K, and whatever percentage of sales. Um, but yeah, I mean, you own that intellectual, that's, you, those are your characters, as it were. So yeah, you do, and agents will negotiate deals, or publishing houses, or whatever, with Hollywood, or with television, or whatever it is. So. Well, I asked, do you necessarily own those characters? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean... Well, I asked because maybe a year ago, I watched a documentary on, uh, are you familiar with the Anarchist Cookbook? Yeah, of course. Uh, do you, have you seen any information about that recently? About it recently? No. <clears throat> so, originally it was published, I think in the early 70s, uh -huh. if I'm right, uh, and the guy, when he published it, or wrote it, he was 19. Really young, really yeah. emotional, really high stress, and he basically was upset with, it was, uh, I think it was in Philadelphia, and there was a lot of police riots and things like that. Yeah. And uh, he was very uh, upset with the status quo then. And he basically went into, 
hibernation for six months, went to the research, learned what he needed to do to write that book, to learn the knowledge to basically uh, make napalm. <laughs> yeah. I actually tried to make something out of that once when I was a kid. The napalm works. <laughs> napalm works. It does? It works. Um, cool. That's it. That's all I'm say. But it works. Uh, but he, he sold the publishing rights to that book to um, a company that specifically... Uh, sort of, you know, their main niche was controversial subject matter like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he sold the rights for like $10,000 when he was really young. And it, the thing with that book is if you look back, uh, say Oklahoma City bombings, and you look at a lot of these mass murder, mass casualty situations, a lot of those people have either purchased that book or have looked at that book for inspiration on how to make different, you know, pipe bombs and explosive devices and things. Yeah. Well, the original writer of that book, as he aged and matured, actually regretted publishing the book. So yeah, I imagine he, he didn't support uh, Oklahoma City bombing. No, of course not. <laughs> he, was, he was a very interesting guy, but he wanted to pull the book from the shelves. Yeah. Completely, as the writer of the book, but the publisher refused. So there was there's this legal battle been going on for I think 15, 20 years yeah. where he really wants it pulled from the shelves and not in print anymore but he can't outsay the publisher and I, that's that's something I really want to talk about is how does the publisher get so it's it's not so much that it's not so much that the publisher owns say the characters or what have you mm-hmm. uh, they own the rights to that and rights can be bought and sold so let's say that okay. so what he could do is he, he could and you know from my understanding, what he could do is, or what could be done, is reacquire those rights so it is illegal for them to, because then he owns the rights. It's yeah. the idea that, like, you know, you could have a book like Confederacy Dunces, mm-hmm. which I think was first published by um, Louisiana State University Press, or whatever the hell it's called, you know, the LSU Press, is now published by Grove Atlantic, because um, Grove Atlantic acquired the rights. Um, so they now are the ones that have that okay, uh, and there, there's, you know, there is uh, a lot of weird stuff, like, you know, that happens with rights, like determining who owns what, where have the rights reverted to. So it's like when you publish a short story. Um, if I publish a short story in some run-of-the-mill lit mag, uh, typically what they have is they say after publication, all rights revert back to the author. Which means I still own that short story after okay. I published that. That's what I was going to ask you about yeah. about the time specifically, and I don't know if this applies to the situation, but is that a thing where someone automatically owns the right for say you know the next decade? Do yeah. publishers buy them on a term contract like that, where they own it for so long? That I don't know. That okay. I don't know. As far as I know, that's how options for books go too. So like, if somebody, if a book is like up for an option for like. A production company to buy they only get like a certain amount of time to bid on it and then if they keep they have to they have like a time limit as to when they can make it and if they don't make it within that time limit then it goes back into bid then you can bid on it oh with regards to film yeah, yeah. I mean that's why all the spider-man movies were so bad. I would assume that no that's seriously that is all those like Sony spider-man movies it's yeah, well, Disney, own, Disney owns it now, right? Yeah, Disney Marvel, does. Yeah, because of Marvel. Yeah. Did, did they transfer the rights to mm-hmm. Marvel? But it was, no, I think I, that... I didn't know if that was confirmed, that they went the rights went to Marvel. Now, Marvel is doing a crossover. Yeah. Um, but I'm boycotting Disney, so I don't know too much. I think that's fair. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Especially <laughs> since I sold that stock. Uh, I... Um, <laughs> We we want to hurt them badly, and then I'll buy the stock back. <laughs> and, uh, 
And then we can all go watch Disney. Probably do it movies. before this uh, merger goes through. That's and, not uh, well, some stocks and actually, Fox. this is going to be airing after the merger is finalized or not finalized because it's uh, on Friday. Oh, oh, I meant as in me buying stocks. The merger may very well happen. Um, yeah. I think it's probably in both of their best. I don't know. Fox is a behemoth. Uh, uh, that's a little spooky. That's, that's how it I feel. It is definitely it. freaking me out. The estimates are between I mean, there's already like only like six major companies, and if Fox merges with Disney, then we're just, you know. Disney is, well, I shouldn't say merger. Disney yeah, is buying, buying Fox. Fox. Yeah. yeah, it's not a merger. It's, uh, it's a little more aggressive. But 45 to 65% market share is what they're mm-hmm. they have acquired, they have 40, which I think is low. 40% honestly. of the box office. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. It's crazy town. And I'm going to have to see them. I'm not going to see them. There's, but there's going to be more of these superhero movies. It just goes on and on. Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen one of those since, like, Iron Man. So. They're going <laughs> to... In, in two three years, you're going to see a rebooted X-Men, and that's just... Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that... I mean, if they're getting Fox right, they get the X-Men right. Uh, yeah, that yeah. that series comes with a lot of package. Because uh, I, I kept up with X-Men until Days of Future Past, and uh, once that one happened, that was a big deal. And then Rogue, yeah, not Rogue, is it Rogue or Apocalypse? I have no idea. What, the last one? The last yeah, one. It, was it was Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Was that what the film was called, though, was Apocalypse? It's like X-Men Apocalypse. That's okay. Right. Yeah. I, I think, think that was villain. the last one. The villain was Apocalypse, yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like everyone's trying to create their own, like, multiverse now. I know there's the MonsterVerse, which is being created by... What's the MonsterVerse? <laughs> well, it's very small. It's very limited. Okay. So the, the 2014 Godzilla was the first film in the MonsterVerse. Okay. The second film was, uh, I think, last year's King Kong. Isn't there a new Godzilla movie coming and out? The trailer dropped, like, last week, yeah. and then the I, new, watched, I watched the trailer for that today. Yeah, the new Godzilla movie is the third film in the MonsterVerse, and the fourth film is going to be Godzilla... And uh, King, Kong. King Kong crossover, so I don't know. But the new Godzilla trailer, they bring Mothra in and everything. It's well, crazy. that and with Godzilla versus Mothra, I had that on VHS when I was a kid. I love that. <laughs> I still love that. Movie. It's classic. It is so good. It's so bad. 60s. There's like these tiny Japanese women that pray to Mothra, and yeah. it's just like none of it. Like, I think that that's one of the ones they have like an, an American reporter over there that mm-hmm. they did for you know so that we could try to make sense of what was going on. It's a fine film. It's a fine <laughs> film. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Godzilla. How do you not like Godzilla? Uh, to 1999's Roland Emmerich Godzilla, I can easily not like John Cusack. It wasn't John oh, Cusack. Yeah. It was it was Ferris Bueller. It was Matthew Broderick. You can call it Ferris Bueller if you want. It's it was Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Totally right. I was just seeing John. Uh-huh. Well, same person. Yeah, that movie wasn't. No, right. it's not the same person. As a as a younger person, they're the same person. No, right? no. No. I feel like no. the same person. No, John John Cusack plays quirky yet lovable characters that are all kind of the same. Whereas Matthew Broderick, uh, he hits he killed someone, for starters. Uh, by in accident. Re- in real life? Yeah. Would he like run him over? Yeah. He, he Manslaughter? Was, yeah. Yeah, he, tr- he was driving on the wrong side of the road in Ireland, I think. And, oh, shit. Uh, driving on the right? Well, is Ireland, they go by British? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not only that. Like, he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Whatever happened to that guy's career? I didn't even hate does a lot of stuff on Broadway, I think. Matt, does he? Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he did the producers way back when. I'm pretty sure he does a lot of stuff on Broadway. So he does yeah. a lot of plays and stuff now. Yeah. The last thing I saw was like, it was called Heist, Tower Heist. Had Eddie Murphy on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Eddie Murphy's I didn't see comeback that, film. It was alright. Pretty, pretty okay. Good for Eddie Murphy. That was mm-hmm. a bad one. I always liked Eddie Murphy. Yeah, until made I film mean, you can't get talk. any better, though, than Pitt Ferris Bueller. It was called A Thousand Words. Oh, yeah, I don't. He couldn't talk. 
That doesn't sound like a very good film. No. I no, I and I think I kinda remember that, but there's a reason nobody saw. I think it was like a religious thing. It was like a Eddie yeah. Murphy? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Well he's not a very visual comic. Yeah, he uses words very effectively, so like to make him do visual comedy it just didn't work. Well and his stand up back in the day was one of the funniest stand ups his two I Raw. Raw, two, Raw, Raw yeah. and the other one was uh is it delirious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two stand-ups, are, you couldn't do them today. Going back and listening to them, they're a little dated with regards to how they approach some subjects. Yeah. To put it mildly. Um, but some of it is just so funny. It's just it. so funny. Well, I know uh, Dave Chappelle had that same issue when he came back last year, the year before. He, yeah. was, he was approaching a lot of subjects like that, and people were like, you can't. We've evolved. It's been 10 years, Dave. Yeah. Which is always interesting to think about. Well, doesn't he have, like, two new specials on Netflix? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and it was the criticism specifically for oh. those three Specials. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen those yet. I watched the last one I watched was Damon Wayans, and that was great. All right. And I'm a real big fan of Trevor Noah, too. But. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Um, I had a question like five minutes ago, and I don't remember what it was. Do you have any good questions, Amanda? Keep this ball rolling on subject. Uh, Are we still sticking with books or what? What? We need to stick on on this. We can stick to books, but actually, I was thinking about it. what we were talking about with the MonsterVerse, Godzilla, um, like that connects deeply to what I studied, to be fair. Go for um, it. Explain yourself. <clears throat> uh, the postmodern era begins with one to two things, debatably. Um, both World War II. Uh, the Holocaust and the dropping of the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Right? Godzilla is direct is directly related. To Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, I would, directly. We could definitely do an episode on that as far as Japanese culture evolving out of yeah. you know people being decimated. And, yeah, yeah, that's an, that's always well, an interesting topic too. Well, in Japan, Japan post war is really kind of it's a fascinating. Japan was really not very nice up until like 55, 56. Um, yeah. it was really not very nice. Well, what they did to the Chinese was pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, it was horrific, and what they did to Americans was horrific. Um, in POW camps. Mm, um, I haven't heard much about that. Yeah. Mainly, mainly I mean, well, I feel like Americans did the same thing to them, right? Yeah, but <laughs> there's a real dehumanization going on on both sides. Like, these are not real people. Um, yeah. The Japanese regarded anybody who wasn't Japanese as subhuman, basically. And Westerners viewed the Japanese as subhuman. I mean, yeah. That's why you have internment camps. That's why you have you know regular execution of POWs and stuff like that. Um, my father used to tell a story about some family member or something that had fought in the Pacific and described that, you know, when they would go back to Australia or wherever, you know, they were, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, they'd go back with POWs uh, and then over the Pacific they would open up the plane's door and throw all the POWs out. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Uh, I said that that's somewhat regular. Um, So the Americans did it, the Australians really did it. like, How involved were the Australians in World War II? They were involved in the Pacific Theater. They okay. were. They were. But, you know, you take all that, you take this brutality and the superiority, and then you have um, military rule by the United States, Douglas MacArthur, who was called, like, the, he was called, like, the Gaijin Shogun or something like that. That was his, that was his nickname in Japan. I thought I heard something different. I think that was more direct, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I just heard a different nickname. But I mean, he was, he was like... Yeah, the Philippines. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it I, was his I sh- town. I sh- it was his country. I shall return. Governor, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you know, you have him, 
and there's a really nasty story about when we're trying, you know, we're basically resetting, you know, setting up their country again, and we write the constitution, and you know, try to get things orderly and in, in shape, and the Japanese parliament or Japanese Diet is having a big debate about whether or not to ratify this constitution written by the Americans, uh, and what they're going to do, and Douglas MacArthur, in their, you know, in this session, looks out the window looks at the sun, looks back at them, and goes, boy, that's really bright, and then walks out. And they ratify it. Yeah. And they ratified it. Yeah. Uh, but you, and, 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 you know, a lot of people wanted to, after the war, um, execute Hirohito publicly. Okay. Because Hirohito was considered a god, a living god, mm -hmm. in Japanese culture. The idea being, we're going to show him, this is immortal, just like you or me. Yeah. Um, MacArthur actually fought that, uh, which is interesting. It really is. Yeah, he fought that. He thought that, that was a terrible idea. Um, MacArthur himself is a fascinating figure, but uh, anyway, yeah, you go through something like that, you survive something like that. I don't know. Godzilla makes sense in that context. Well, I it's mean, kind of the it's kind of the spirit of the natural world just violently reacting. Um, yeah, and it's all the monster films. There's there's this like under underlying la layer of you know radiation, right? Yeah, toxicity that's that's coming out of it. And that's cancer. You know, it's the same yeah. thing as as the radiation from the bombs. So I think there's a lot of similarities. It's very interesting. Yeah, that could be a whole episode just talking about post-war Japan. I guess. Yeah, well, and I mean in horror movies and monsters in general, it is something about the natural world reacting. You're right, <clears throat> unless it's you know, like slasher flicks. Talk about the natural world reacting when you talk about the happening. Isn't that what that movie is? Like the bees. Put it. That was a good jump. I respect that. Amanda. That was good. The M Night Shyamalan movie where all the I, the trees. I never saw that. You should. It's hilarious. It's not I, supposed to. It's be not supposed to be. I know. I, that guy, man. I just. I guess his movies still make money. Oh, <laughs> have you seen the new trailer for Glass? No, but that's based on you Unbreakable. Yeah, it's Unbreakable, Split, and, and Glad. Oh, I wish people wouldn't run that. I'm really upset because I watch Split, and it hits you. You don't know it's going to be an Unbreakable I Universe. And then it happens, oh, and I guess like, I just ruined the end. Yeah. And, Damn it, and you sorry, Alex. You, she's not ruining the plot <laughs> or anything like that. Like, it's not, it's a tacked-on Marvel yeah. ending. Yeah. It's like an, it's not an after credit scene, but it, no, it, it's, it, not. it's like that. But yeah, you don't you don't know it's linked. Okay. And and then it just sort of surprises you at the end of split. But is he's it? not he's on a roll. Oh, I freaked when that happened. It cuts to him, and I'm just like, yeah. Don't 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 ruin it for me. I'm sorry. I watch this silly movie. <laughs> well, it doesn't spoil it. Okay. It's, it feels so separate. It was like, what? That was my response, which was like, wait, no, is it? What? Because, I mean, I was just really surprised because Unbreakable came out like 2000. Or I remember yeah, it came out. <clears throat> it came out shortly after. Um, the success. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. I remember when it came out because everybody was like, everybody was like, ooh, the guy who did the Sixth Sense did another movie. Let's go see it. And everybody was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> nobody, nobody knew what to make of it when it first came out. Um, it's since gotten a very good, unbreakable, uh, you know, a steady good reputation. But yeah. I remember at the time it was just so weird. So well, it was a superhero movie before. Superhero movies were cool. Yeah. You know? Well, it was like a realistic superhero movie. Yeah. It was very weird. And that's what the new one's going to be about. Oh, also, if we're going to talk about realistic superheroes, I have to plug this. From what I understand, HBO is doing a 10 part to 12 part miniseries of Watchmen. Of Watchmen? Yeah. That, I don't, no one cares but me, but like, yes. I, they. 
Well, they made that terrible movie. I don't feel that way. I would. You really? I did. I, I I own all three edits. I really do. I, pre- Man, I actually I, prefer the new ending. Yeah. That's one of my really. Yeah, I thought it was it flowed better because I love the book. Yeah. I love Alan Moore. Um, I even like his Swamp Things work, but. Well, his Swamp Thing work is great. Yeah, yeah, but when you know when you're reading it, and then From Hell is really cool. But when you're reading it, you you know you kind of have to flip back. You have to flip back and check out like where did this uh, octopus come from? You know, you kind of have to look back at it. And and Zack Snyder's reason for changing the ending was so it was more coherent with the typical three act strategy, and it kind of flowed better. And I really honestly respect that the whole Manhattan change at the end. No, I didn't care for it. No, I didn't care for it. Did you only uh, see the theater version, or did you ever see the extended? I, I would no, I never saw the extended. I would okay. go see it in theaters and was left. I knew that there was an issue as soon as that movie started. As soon as the opening credits began, I went, "Oh no, we, we've done it. We've, de- <laughs> we've decided to do all this, have we?" Um, and then as it went on, I just got angrier and angrier. I, I don't know. I really love that comic. And I, I, think, I think that I, yeah, I think everybody reads it. It's a good. It's like a. It's a great comic. It's it's you know, we're not talking like mouse level great, but it's you know it's great. Um, and uh, and it's fun and it's provocative. It makes you think. And that ending was just so. It wraps it up. Everything's just a little too tight. It's a little. T- I don't know. There's something about that. I just oh, you don't. thought the movie ending was too perfect? Yeah, it was a little too Disney. Yeah, I could see that. That's actually why I enjoyed it a little more. It was easier to, to digest. But, but what was really fascinating to me about that one is in the extended cut. The extended cut is another thirty minutes. It's not a thirty forty minutes. What else is there to do? What do they go into? Well, it's... they they cover even more of the content. It almost comes up until the ending, of frame by frame. Like really, adaptation. Like you can flip through the book, and I've done it. Yeah, and it's remarkable but then they have the ultimate cut and that brings in tells of the black freighter and they cut that between there and it is it's animated it's like a it's animation yeah it's really cool like Gerard Butler's in. that sounds you see that sounds interesting but the thing is and I think Alan Moore said this and I agree with him that comic one of the things that comics that comic does is shows what that medium can do oh 100% it's and, unadaptable yeah. I would agree yeah and, 100% and so it's mm-hmm. like trying to make a not that I particularly like this book, but it's like trying to make and and it was done an adaptation of Naked Lunch, um, you know, William Burroughs, which was it. it's uh, gobbledygook. It's nonsense. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the rambling. It's gobbledygook. It's the ramblings. Hashtag. It's 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 the ramblings of a of a heroin addict who murdered his wife, and he's going in and out of like you know, being messed up, and you know, it's it's interesting. There's not really a story. It's sort of a story, kind of. It's more of an experience that you just kind of read through, and you're like, I, "I've done. I've read Naked Lunch now." Um, but uh, you know, Cronenberg, and I love Cronenberg. Filmmaker Cronenberg. Yeah, okay. he he made he made a. Ver- I'm pretty. Yeah, it was Cronenberg. Uh, made a version of it back in the '80s, um, and it stars uh, Peter Weller, Robocop, and um, Roy Schneider's in it. It's got you know, for, yeah, it's yeah. The full eighties cast. Yeah, uh, it's it and it's it's a very well made movie, and they had to uh, obviously adapt the book in order for it to make any sort of sense, and it still doesn't make any sense. Um, but Check that's but that's a that's a book that's showing what what a medium can do and what language yeah. can do, um, and so. I feel that way about, about watching specifically issue ten parallels. Have you ever flipped through issue ten? Do you know what I'm referring to? And issue no. 10, the whole um, 
because Watchmen is a 26-page comic, pretty standard. No, it's not a 21-page, but it's a 26-page, and um, the the issue issue 10 parallels was the Doctor Manhattan issue, like kind of his standalone issue. Yeah. And it the whole thing reads like a kind of like a, a Rorschach test, of, of course. But yeah. When you flip it open, what's on this page is an exact mirror of this page. Oh, and I never noticed it, that. I'll yeah, the whole, the whole issue does that. Like where it, to go back. Page one is an exact mirror of page uh, 26, and page two is 25. I mean, it's That's crazy. perfect, frame I've by never, frame. Perfect. I've never noticed that. I didn't notice. I noticed it in the middle of it, and then I was like, that's odd, and then I Googled it, and people yeah. were like, yeah, this is this is a thing. Like, Alan Moore wanted this, and then uh, Dave Gibbons did fantastic, yeah. fantastic work on that. Did it. So, yeah. yeah. You that, should read that story, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. If you haven't read it, you should. And Doctor Manhattan's actually like that. He's almost an element of body horror as well, like because you know Cronenberg's obsessed with body horror. Yeah. He was. And Doctor Manhattan, there's an element of there's a real element of body horror to that, but it's like. How would you explain that? Well, in the sense that, like, <clears throat> except he he never he never like does like Jeff Goldblum and The Fly, where you know at the end of The Fly, you know towards the beginning, you familiar with The Fly, Amanda? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gold, the Goldblum version, not yeah. the original. She's, like, if she's misses Netflix, like if yeah, I know. If okay. it's a movie, she's got it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, like the original, like the '50s version was kind of silly because it's like he went through, and then like his human body is like a big old fly head and a fly hand, and then the fly has a little tiny version. And he's desperately help me and all that stuff. But the Goldblum version is disgusting and awesome because <laughs> he's like, is this is like District Nine? <laughs> it is. It's exactly like District Nine. I thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly very similar feel. It's exactly like that. Where initially, except in District Nine, he's like freaked out the whole time. But in the Jeff Goldblum version, initially he's like, "Look at my fly-like prowess, and I can do all this gymnastics and stuff." And he starts puking up donuts and things like that. (laughs) And that's where that movie takes a turn. But um, (laughs) like any any great Cohen or Cronenberg film. Yeah, yeah. You throw up on a donut and eat it. Um, (laughs) But uh, the. the, uh, but Dr. Manhattan's kind of the same thing because when he goes through his transformation, it's a total accident. He goes back to grab his watch mm-hmm. and the test door's shut, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It and, it, and it's like, we can't stop this. You're screwed. Yeah. That's what it is. And so they think he's just vaporized, but he becomes this new thing, like a, you know, a perfect body or whatever. But it's, still, but it's still like this removed, like you are no longer yourself. You're never getting that back. You're never getting your life back. And there's just like there's something about that that's terrifying. Um, I guess it's an interesting way to call it body body horror, but I, I do see how, how you got there. I also I remember reading one time that that was actually a statement similar to uh, oh boy Stanley Kubrick. What's that 1963 film? It's in black and white. It's in black and white. Uh, Passive Glory. No. Before Space. That was 47. Hold on. That was 47. Hmm. 49. Passive Glory is old. I didn't realize it was um, What was it? It's, it's a big one. It's a big one. And it's black and white? Yeah. And it's Kubrick? Yeah. Not 2001. Before 2001. Go down, Amanda. Go down. Paths of Glory, Spartacus, Lolita. Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove. There's oh, an element. Yeah. So in Dr. Strangelove, obviously, you know, there was this big issue around, uh, we set up our, 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 I don't know the correct words to use here. But, you know, you set up all these fail-safes as far as how they're going to drop an atomic bomb, and it gets to the point where it's really up to a computer. Yeah. The fail-safes are gone, you know. And it, and, and there, I always thought that element was kind of uh, apparent in that Dr. Manhattan scene where 
uh, due to the safety to keep people specifically out of that chamber, they make it fail safe. Yeah. So you can't get back in. That's effectively what kept him. Is stuck in it. Interestingly enough, so I think there's an element of that in there, but that that came out in what, 86? 86 Watchmen? That kind of, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Mm -hmm. wow, we really got detracted from the point. That's okay. It happens. That's fine. (laughs) Dork out over Watchmen. Uh, Hey, it's a good comic, and it's an interesting comic. I've only seen the movie, like, partly once. Yeah. (laughs) The only good thing about that movie is that actress who plays What's Her Name. That's the only good thing. The Swedish actress? Whoever she she is, she's beautiful. And I'd never seen her before, and I don't believe I've seen her in anything since. Not as the Swedish actress. Yeah. Look her up, Amanda. Let's see. She's probably been in, like, 80 What year was that? Watchmen? It, oh, here it is. Carla Gugino killed in that movie, too. Patrick Wilson is in Which that? one was yeah. that? Carla Gugino played uh, the 1940s version of the same character. Or her, that character's Sally, mom. Sal, Sally Jupiter was the mother. Well, who was she? Sally Jupiter. That yeah. was Carla Gugino. I think Gugino. that, I'm pretty sure that was then, Yeah, Miss Jupiter. Sally Jupiter, yeah, there she is. Carla Gugino, but that's not her. No, you're talking about younger Jupiter. Daughter, yeah, yeah, the younger one. She has pretty ass. She does have pretty She's a good actress. Zack Snyder uses, used her a lot back in the day. Anyways, yeah. you need to watch the Ultimate Cut because it brings back tells of the Black Freighter and it's, it's pretty interesting to Is see. Is the Ultimate Cut on Netflix? No, because it's three hours, like three hours and 45 minutes long. Oh. It's, I, it's a chunk. I don't know. We'll see if I do that. Yeah, I see like you either do I've been trying to get him to watch a ghost story for like a month, for like ever since I met him. And I just don't. Not happening. You're just trying to get everybody to watch Ghost Story. I know, because it's so good. <laughs> You're trying to get me to watch that, too. It's just a guy wearing a sheet. It's so funny. <laughs> I know, but the point of the movie is just it's so that good. Sometimes you need it's to wear a sheet. It's just that one monologue that's, like, in the middle. I'm okay. I'll watch it eventually, Amanda. I'll watch it when it's on Netflix. Don't, I'm not going to pay money to watch this it's movie. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. He doesn't do Amazon. I don't do Amazon. Are you anti-Amazon? I'm anti-Amazon. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, I don't care for it. But, uh, I don't either, but I love it. I was in, I was in New York when um, all that uh, the price fixing with Apple, all that stuff was going on. Um, that was crazy town. Um, but yeah, I don't like I don't like Amazon. I do not. If you listen to the podcast Crazy Genius, <coughs> plug in right there, unsponsored plug in for Crazy Genius. Um, they do an episode about Amazon, and it's fantastic. Well, people really started to get angry about it. It will really because, make you because people realize, like, not using it. well, people <laughs> realize that people working in those warehouses are, you know, they're basically they're in slave conditions. They're peeing in bottles and running around grabbing all this stuff, and you know, um, they have certain quotas. They have to be walking. You know, it's crazy. I think it's important in Europe and Asia. He's not in America. No, it's in America. Those are happening in America because there were protests yes, last week in Europe. Yes, sir. It's happening in Over America. Prime Day. I didn't know they were well, that stringent and they were controlling their bathroom breaks in America. Oh yeah, you, read, you can read all about it. I just hadn't heard that. I've heard it from Europe and I guess Asia. That's where I've heard right. it. You know, they're mm-hmm. protesting. Yeah, what no, it's, hap- it's happening in this country, and we love to we love to be angry about it, and then we love to not do anything about it. To pay free shipping. Yeah. We, <laughs> to yeah. get free shipping. Yeah. Two, two, day, two, day, two day shipping. shipping. Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> Jeez, like you need it now, now, and <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's the same thing with like the NSA. It's the same thing with anything, which morally outraged, and then you don't do anything. What what can you do? Well, the NSA thing that it's a weird argument because you can't uh, prove negatives. You can't prove how much the NSA has actually helped us, right? Yeah. And all the, I just I'm not a fan of the Patriot Act. Yeah. And no. everything that promoted it. It's interesting that it. it 
surely has has had had some kind of limiting factor on terrorist attacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surely it's worked. We just can't prove it because we don't know because they never happened. Well, every once in a while they announce terrorist activity stopped in blah blah blah. Yeah, but again, it's like it's we never saw it. It's almost like prosecuting thought crime. It's like, you know, you remember that old movie, Minority Report. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, how do you convict somebody for terrorism if they didn't do it? You don't. You send them to Guantanamo and forget about but, it and force feed them for it's, two? It's just, I can understand kicking them out of the country if they've got, like, X, Y, Z amount of explosives. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. Or you bust them for that. But you can't convict someone of terrorism if they haven't committed the act of terrorism. I wouldn't think. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I, I was reading something last week. The actual definition of uh, <coughs> domestic terrorism in the states is kind of broad too. There's a lot of legal room. To yeah, of course. Prosecute there because it, you know, the it's the intent that matters. Without it, it's not the effect. So if there's an yeah. intent for terrorism, but no effect. Yeah. You can still be prosecuted. Doesn't that work the same for murder? It's like attempted murder. Is that like the intent to murder somebody? Yeah. yeah like if you hire a hitman to go kill somebody, mm -hmm. and he doesn't. And he doesn't do it, you're still guilty. Like AKA Silk Road guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got him on other stuff, but you know. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do what he did. We should do an episode of Silk Road guy. I don't know that. You don't know him? Oh, Silk Road? Back in the day? <coughs> that's where you bought four years ago. Five yeah, years ago? that's 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 like why Bitcoin. They like you use Bitcoin, and you would buy drugs. You would oh. buy hitmen. You would buy like whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. It was Online. just. It was like a little Amazon exchange <coughs> of just illegal things. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And so he went to prison. Did he go to prison or yeah. did he kill himself? He went to prison. Oh, well, he probably went to prison himself. and killed himself. <laughs> I still have the Rolling Stone issue where they had the rights to the story and published like a twenty-five page yeah. middle article. I still have that issue. It was a fantastic issue. I'm sure. Sure. Um, I wish probably, I probably one of the things that led to him getting arrested. No, it was, this was after. Oh. Okay. It was after this. Um, uh, after all of that came to light, but it was the first publication I'm, to have a big expose on it. I'm sure something like that still exists. I'm sure something like that still exists. hundred uh, percent. He said yeah. the second one. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and I think it got shut down too. But like. That those was, things you can't stop that. Yeah, I mean you got. When you it's like at, stopping prostitution, drug deals in real life. Like you can't, you just can't stop that. You can try, <clears throat> but you're not going to be successful. Well, they're always going to find a new way. With like the Pirate Bay a few years ago, they started sending their servers into space. Yeah. Yeah. Prosecute me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on your soil. Yeah, you can't do anything. Goodness, guys. Just yeah. pirate some films. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyways. Just buy Amazon Prime. <laughs> no. I wish I could live without it, but I can't. <laughs> oh, I can't definitely not live without my Prime. <laughs> Well, you, you can. <laughs> you did great before. Well, you did great it, before it existed. I, I think of life before Amazon Prime, and it was in black and white, high contrast. It was nice. The what? celluloid was going wrong. It was bad. No, it was nice. Black and oh. white film. Everybody likes black and white film. The other thing, like that. <laughs> Everybody does. Thing was it's well defined. It's well defined. It, you know where you are. It also, <laughs> it also holds more data. But anyways, um, black and white film. Film, just in general, oh, yeah. more data. Yeah. But um, about Amazon is that thing was basically talking about how they'll, they'll put a pro like a company or like a third party will put a product on Amazon, and if it starts doing well, then Amazon will come in and make that basically the exact same thing, but sell it like cheaper. Usually, it's, yes. three, it's two yeah. to three cents cheaper. It's hardly anything, and they'll they'll price it. Um, 
They'll make it more expensive, but they'll factor in the shipping cost of the other item. If the shipping cost is, say, $4 on a $20 item, mm-hmm. Amazon will make their item $23.98 with free shipping. Yeah. Which is sneaky. Yeah. Marketing. What's that marketing? Is it? Yeah. You know the whole thing about the, when you like buy stuff and it's $0.99 cents or $0.95? Cents? It's oh, like yeah. $1.95. Yeah. That's marketing because marketing yeah, that's like a marketing gimmick because people gimmick, if, yeah yeah if you roll, round it up to two dollars it's not gonna people won't buy it because it doesn't I guess it's like rolling off the tongue things like dollar ninety five I don't know well, no, no, I, I, also this is like carts. They, they made it three cents cheaper yeah. if you, but if you looked at it and yeah it was you know 90, carts are that way too ninety eight cents versus dollar yeah that's the, I mean if you go through that's I've done it before when I'm buying used books and stuff they'll it's They'll do. They'll have a product that's the product. The price of the product is more expensive, but because you don't have to pay for shipping, shipping it comes out about two cents cheaper, yeah. and it's across the board. Yeah. So, I wish I wasn't so dependent upon it, but I am. <laughs> you don't have to. You can throw those shackles off. <laughs> I'm very positive. Listen, I don't even. I I just want to keep mine because so I can watch stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do have big content. They put about way better content. They, uh, than well, they. We're putting out better co- content than Netflix, but I feel like recently, like the Amazon shows, either aren't coming out as quickly as Netflix, or they're just not as par up to par as Netflix. Uh, but Netflix is also putting out way too much content. And I would argue that the majority of the stuff I've seen on Netflix, as far as Netflix originals, honestly, is trash. Yeah, they're putting they're putting out it's way not, too much, and it's not good. Stuff. Except Strange mm-hmm. Things. Huh. No. Stra- I, have, I, have I love Stranger Things. I, I like that show. I, I do like that show, actually. It's like a, it's like a Stephen King book. It's like, you know it's garbage, but you like it. You know? I, I like season it. one. I season it, two. I shouldn't know. trash talk Stephen King. He's got some fine books. I shouldn't He's got a lot of books. <laughs> he does have a lot. Yeah. yeah. Dome? Goodness. But Goodness. On That's a long one. Amazon, though. Uh, probably my favorite. Amazon Prime original show is probably The Man in the High Castle, which kind of brings us back to what we were talking about earlier with Japan and World War II. That's it. That's it. I watched, I watched part of that show. The first season was awesome. I loved the first season. The second season was kind of I think that's, got, that's, I got six episodes in the first season. I really liked the first season. That's an example of where the book is better. Yeah, that I mean, book, probably. That book is great. Um, and they, they updated accordingly, like in the book. You know how they keep on finding those films? Yeah. In the book, it's it's a writer who writes. And the writer is the man in the high castle. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's good. They do, I can't remember, they do all the I Ching stuff, don't they? In the show? With the... Like the sticks? Uh, I think so. Okay. Anyway, you should check, if you like that show, you should check out the book. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm pretty sure I bought it, but it's like... Major thick. No, it's not that long. It's major thick, major pain. <laughs> it's not, no, it's really not. It's Phil Listen, K. Listen, I have like 50 books that I need to read. Phil K. Dick? Yeah, Phil yeah. K. Dick. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Right on. That, guy, that guy led a seriously sad life. Um, I would imagine based he, off the excellence of his content that he created, yeah. I want to watch Electric Dreams because apparently that's... It's supposed to be I think based yeah. off of short stories. Yeah, um, yeah that's like an anthology series. Yeah, he... I mean, he personally was like... He was paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, he's a drug addict, uh, off and on, and never successful in his life. Had he lived, had he been alive now, he'd be one of the most high, he'd be one of the highest paid authors. I mean, every, damn near everything the guy did, his book. 
uh, or was movie one? or a no, that was Arthur C. Clarke. Okay, how is he the stupid? I feel like that happens a lot though with people. Time. Like, I feel like that's gonna happen to me. Like, I'm just gonna be nothing until I die, and then then I'm gonna be. Stupid. You have a high opinion of yourself, Amanda. <laughs> we both went. Most people die, and that's pretty much it. A couple of people are like, boy, you remember Amanda? They go, yeah, that was sad. And then in a generation, it's just like, who's that lady? And they go, I don't know who she is. See, I'm not going to die. I'm going to evolve into a fly and eat donuts for eternity. I'm pretty excited. I don't think it worked out very well. <laughs> I don't quite remember the end, but I seem to remember a shit. I have another comment, involved. though, about my favorite Amazon show. Mozart in the Jungle is also on that list. What's that about? Mozart in the Jungle is amazing. To it's get canceled by Amazon is pretty hard to do. It's, that's Did it get canceled? I haven't heard. I think it. No, Amazon canceled way more. Netflix, is, they don't cancel shows. Other than disjointed, what? That, it makes sense they don't cancel things, though, because the content's always there. Well, the content's always there, and um, Amazon, I don't mean to be mean, but IQ ratings and the statistics of Amazon viewers are much higher than Netflix viewers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Netflix viewers are more open to binge-watching and just doing it. And Amazon viewers, they're different. They're perusing. They're like, I feel like I just, between I, the I would two... Like, I would like to say that I don't identify as either a Netflix or an Amazon you watcher. You have to pick a side. <laughs> well, I don't have to choose a side at all. I would no. say he's Netflix since he obviously doesn't do Amazon. But um, as far as the two Snaters. goes... I feel like Netflix does better with shows. Amazon does better with movies. Definitely better with movies. Yeah. Um, I don't like shows, though. I just don't like shows. Um, but like Mozart in the Jungle is like a... It's about the New York Symphony. I like yeah. some shows. Well, there's some good shows out there. They are. I don't like... I like the idea... Um, I'm a drummer, right? And uh, I love minimalism. The idea that a drummer can play... Uh, better or more interesting content on like a two-piece kit and someone that like comes in with like a 20-piece kit. I really respect. And that's how I feel about TV shows. Now, that's changing since we're not making these 23 episode long seasons as much anymore. We're making like 10 episodes and it's mm -hmm. really more refined. Limited series. Yeah. yeah, but I like I really like the idea of just taking a two-hour section of time and producing, uh, you know, a bigger picture or a grander story in that smaller window and then having it being compact instead of trying to get to those same messages and themes through a 10-hour series, well, personally. I, I, I think that, well, you know, I, I don't know if, if, it's, if you can equate the two. They're definitely different, yeah. I don't think you can equate the experience of the two either. Um, mm -hmm. Rushdie, you know, Simon Rushdie, compared it at some point to, um, you said that modern TV shows are like the Victorian novel. In that they're large. Yeah. They're published in segments. You know, each week you would get yeah. the yeah. next chapter of Oliver Twist. Yeah. Um, and it allows you to explore a bit more and have kind of a richer world in the sense of, you know, take a show like Breaking Bad, you know. Yeah. Those characters, you get to know all sorts of facets of those characters and of, you know, New Mexico and of kind of motivations, what's going on, to the point where you become very familiar. Like, like I could walk into Walter White's house and know where everything is. I, I agree with that. The only issue I have with it is uh, content isn't made that way anymore, unfortunately. What do you mean? Like the, television uh, content? Uh, the, serial, the serialized content now is, is short form and... It's made to be binged. It's made to be binged. And yeah. I love the idea of waiting a week and content... Like, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. And when it came yeah. out, it was... 
yeah, that week, that six-day stretch where you had to theorize what was going to happen, it was yeah. very important. It's a different... It gives me anxiety. Different. I hate it. And I, I love it. <laughs> the content that's being produced for Netflix and streaming nowadays is long-form content, but it, it lacks that. And I don't feel like, you know, I've kind of listened to a few shows that, that my girlfriend has watched, and there isn't that element of, like, even if you wanted to watch it week after week after week and, like, really wait for it, that element of, like, figuring out the mystery for a minute isn't present. It really is delivered, like, question. Answer. Immediate. And, like, I don't know, that really harms the the medium for me, personally. No, I agree. I agree with you, because you do need time. You do need time to think if it's good. Yeah. You you do need time to think about it, and that anticipation does lead to something. Not just, like, delaying it, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah, but actually writing it for that purpose. Yeah, and understanding understanding audience expectations, playing on them. You know, knowing what to do, where, and when. Um, but also allowing the audience to literally sit there and comprehend what they just watched. Like, you know, you, it's like when you finish a movie. When you finish a film, you go like, oh, okay. And then you kind of process it and work through it and all the rest. If You're right. If you don't have that, you lose that entire part of it. I would argue, yeah, you're, you're eating jelly beans out of a jar that never ends. And it just kind of all blends together. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That's how, I mean, I feel that way. I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad, too. Yeah, it's great. I love Game of Thrones, but I can I can pick out the arcs in each season and know where they come from. But if I look at something from... It's a good example, like a Netflix series that just went too far. Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> I've never seen Kimmy Schmidt. I, I, I did, I did, I did I enjoy seen Kimmy one Schmidt. I saw I the first season. I've seen one episode and... I saw, I saw the thing... Uh, trailer I, I didn't even see that i just saw like it was like you need it because netflix is always shouting like you need to watch this i'm like no, yeah no i don't uh and it was like yeah great little katie schmidt i was like yeah, I was like, it's actually pretty enjoyable really really it's pretty silly that. she's pretty funny she's yeah. funnier than she was in the office yeah, i've seen one episode it. i wasn't a fan oh but. Really? I liked it. that was i like that one i like this and i really liked ozark Ozark is amazing. I love Jason Bateman. He's, Jason Jason Bateman's a man. I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. I hope he gets to direct. I hope he gets to direct more episodes in the second season. But I imagine you will. I think they just dropped a trailer. Did they drop a trailer? It was only on my brain because I saw a headline this morning. I don't know what happened because Trump did some things and I got distracted. But what did Trump do today? Uh, he came out again and, oh, and more Lord. direct. I just don't know what he did. We don't have to talk about what he did. I just want to know what he did. In more direct terms, he said, don't believe anyone that isn't me. Mm. In more direct terms than he's been saying. Fake news. Well. And he used all his little fake news. Well, I mean, that, okay. 40% still pulling at 40%. I'll just just believe him, I guess. Yeah. Some people people are telling me not to believe him. But he said not to believe people, too. <laughs> yeah. Which so. makes no sense. So I should yeah. probably believe him. I need to believe Since him. Since obviously he knows if he's telling the truth or not, right? Because he's, he's himself. I, we don't need to go on a whole political spiel here. But this isn't politics. I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand what... I got a theory that this time last year, maybe, maybe about a year and a month ago uh, or so, I slipped into Universe B. And <laughs> uh, Donald Trump's president... Because, um, like, I do remember that election, sort of, but it's just kind of like, okay, Donald Trump is president, um, and fidget spinners are everywhere. That became a thing in University. Fidget, well, fidget spinners are very popular in University. October now. 
Fidget spinners have kind of faded out a little bit. Universe A, they were never a deal. <laughs> never existed. <laughs> uh, universe A was great. I'm confused between the universes. Yeah, right Universe right. A was great. Uh, I really liked it. Universe B, we're in a different ballgame here. So, uh, yeah. It's no. really sad about what happened to the woman who invented fidget spinners, though. Oh, yeah, she got screwed. Yeah, yeah. she did. She got majorly screwed. Well, that's, right. what that's what happens if you don't know what you're doing in business. If you though. make a toy for ADD children, then ultimately someone's like, we're going to give this to everybody. Yeah. And it's going to... Not, it's gonna be terrible for everyone except people with ADD. That's what I didn't like about it. I just don't understand it. I just click pins. I love them. I'm an ADD person. I love them. I can focus. I can do it. Just to sit there and do something like really tightens. It really helps me talk to people if I'm doing it while I'm trying to speak with someone. Especially if you're doing like like looking at them. Mm -hmm. Well, no. If I'm just holding it in my hand, I'll just flick it. Will you really? Mm -hmm. Did you ever get a fidget fidget cube? There's like a thing. Oh, the pin clicking. I've I've seen those. You just rub the side of a little like a little piece rock. What on earth was that, Amanda? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I think I clicked on filthy. It. No, I'm joking. Right <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a real major pin clicker. Yeah, I do. Well, I tap them and drum them. And, <laughs> and do this. I do this a lot. I'm really good. Some people try to do that. Mm. I think I just talk at people a lot. You do, but that's I fine. Know. It's good. Talk <laughs> to people a lot. People don't talk these days. No, people really don't. Mm-hmm. People really don't. People more don't, secluded than ever. People don't know how to do it. It's very sad. I feel like we were like majorly over 30 minutes. We were at 57 minutes and 15 seconds. We do need to cut it, right? <laughs> I'm not going to get those aforementioned cheese sticks. I've been, I've been looking forward to them for so long. Okay, I'm sure that the kitchen at wherever you're going to go is probably open at least until 11. So I want good. I guess it doesn't matter. All right. Well, we got to shut this show down so he can get so some cheese sticks. So he can get some cheese sticks. I've been dreaming about this for months. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had, I've, seriously. <laughs> get up and do it. Get up and do it. That's Alex's advice for life. Just get up and do it. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Right on. All right. We got to plug some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so be sure to check out this video and follow us everywhere on social media at the A to Z Exchange. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the things. That's right. And if you want to have Alex back on the show, let us know because we got yeah. more guests lined up. But this was fun. If you're an interested person to talk to, cool. I wish we, we had a, a much longer segment to just go down the rabbit hole. If you, I'm more than happy to come back whenever you guys want. So. Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later.